And he called the city, he called the city, he called the city repeatedly. And he said that he almost like became friends with the people at the city. They knew when he called, he was calling about this trash pile because people were like <laughs> moving, you know, yeah, people dude, move I and know. get rid of a bunch of stuff and go and dump mattresses and big piles of garbage. So it wasn't furniture and all sorts of crap. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Filling Station podcast. Whether it be over coffee or on a break or on a walk, you can drop in and listen to me, Lindsay, and my little sister, Mallory, share with you positive stories that we've found to uplift your spirit a little bit in these trying times. We can all use some positive vibes. Good morning to you, sir. <laughs> Top of the morning to you as well, my young lady. How are you today? <laughs> I see you have a big Thompson tea on your mug. I do. I need that. I need that coffee this morning. Same. I need it. I need it. Mug of the day. I like that you've been doing that little series on Instagram. Yeah, it's really shocking how many mugs I have. And I actually had to stop last week because I was running out of interesting mugs, but I still had about 30 mugs. <laughs> You do have an insane amount. I've been shocked at like the content that you put up every day. Like we have maybe a rotation of five that we use that are that are good. It's embarrassing. It's really no, it's embarrassing. cool. Okay, so I want to read you a poem. I can't wait. Okay, so who's it by? Edna Frohawk. I'm sure that the last name sounds a little different than that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the way it's actually supposed to be pronounced. However, okay, that's my it. best um, take at it. Summer, fall, winter, spring, the season rotate as each brings its special beauty to this earth of ours. Winter's snow and summer's flowers. Frozen rivers will flow come spring. There is a renewal of everything. Oh, man, that gave me chills. Isn't that perfect? I found that. It's perfect. It's perfect because today we're going to talk about Earth Day, but the last line is what really got me, which is there is a renewal of everything, which I feel like is so appropriate for right now. So I wanted it's to so appropriate. surprise it, you with that little nugget. Dude, I love that. And I love, man, it just makes me think about whenever we burn the fields at the farm and like two days later, there will be little shoots of grass coming up and little shoots of wildflowers and everything and it's just such an incredible cleansing moment yeah really really cool i love that it's a great way to start this tuesday oh good and as we talked about yesterday our intention is to talk all about earth day today in honor of earth day tomorrow april 22nd 2020 which is actually the 50th anniversary of 50 years which is crazy it's crazy it's when we started to research and it was like 1970 that there was the first gathering and March and I wouldn't say it was a protest, I don't think, but you know, gathering of people to talk about Earth Day or celebrate this or push this movement forward. It's like 1970 doesn't sound that long ago, but then 50 years, I'm like, oh, it is kind of. I know because it's kind of like half a century. Som- sometimes people like around our age think that we're just now getting woke about the climate and the earth and environmentalism and it's been going on a long time man it's been going on a long long time and actually i'm going to talk a little bit about that very first earth day 
and kind of get into it. But they did not. It was not didn't have anything to do about climate change. Mm -mm. That wasn't even really a thought back then. Um, So it's pretty, pretty interesting. But we're going to talk about we're going to tell a couple stories today. And then we're going to talk about how you guys can get involved virtually from your home and things that the Earth Day um, organization is doing and also NASA, some really cool stuff that Mallory found. So let's get into it. Let's get into it. The only tidbit that I have to mention before we jump into our stories and stuff is like we have to talk very quickly about Muggsy. Oh my gosh, of course. I forgot all about that. (laughs) He is a Muggsy, named after Muggsy Bogues, uh, was a little furry lopsa-opsa mix that we adopted from the Humane Society in 92, maybe. I think, I talked to mom about it. I think it was maybe 92, 93. That long ago? Oh my gosh. Um, And we went to the Humane Society and intended to get a golden retriever because Lindsay always wanted a big dog. And Muggsy had been there for two weeks and he was kind of nearing the end of his time. And so we ended up adopting Muggsy. And the funny thing about this is I think I was like asleep or taking a nap in like our Astro van or something at the time. (laughs) And I remember waking up and I'm like, what is this little white fluff ball? I thought we were getting a golden retriever. (laughs) And we brought Muggsy home and mom said that it was Saturday, Earth Day was Sunday, that he ran outside into the backyard and flopped himself into the grass and rolled around on his back. You know how dogs do that, like wiggle oh, they yeah. every muscle in their body and looked up at the sky like, I've made it. And then <sighs> that next day was Earth Day. And at in Springfield, there was an Earth Day gathering at the local art museum. And we took Muggsy with us over there. And I will never forget that Earth Day, ever. Ever. And I'll never forget Muggsy. He had a hell of a life, man. Oh he was God. around a long time. Very funny. He was kind of like always a perpetual old man, which is Yeah, hilarious. even when we got him, he was like two years old. Maybe. Yeah. <clears throat> he had snaggletooths. Oh, big snaggletooths. What was his name at the shelter, though? Because he was Marshmallow. a Marshmallow. Marshmallow. Yeah, he's a white fluff ball. <laughs> his name was Marshmallow. <laughs> and wasn't he totally shaved or something? He was, yeah, I think he had a really bad haircut. But anyway. He was not a good representation of the breed, as they say. <laughs> he was the best dog. Best he was dog. incredible. He was really Two great. weeks after that, he revealed his truest colors when he started biting people. <laughs> <laughs> But the first he was our two little weeks, protector. He was pretty good. <laughs> yeah, he was our protector. Uh, okay. Sorry, I just wanted to. You're say good. That. No, I'm so glad you did. So, do you want me to go first, or do you want to yeah, go? Yeah, go first. Let's okay. hear it. So this is kind of a roundabout story or nod to Earth Day. I first heard this story on one of my favorite podcasts called Criminal. I don't know if you've ever listened to Criminal. You know how I love true crime. Criminal does a good job of talking about different types of stories anyway it's uh hosted by phoebe judge and the episode is episode 119 he's still neutral um so that's where i first heard about the story but there's a lot of articles online so this takes place i think about like mid 2000s there's this man dan stevenson and he lives in oakland's east lakes east lake neighborhood in california okay and dan i think is kind of like a I would describe a little bit as like a hippie-ish guy. He's lived there for a very long time. He, I think at the time, there's like a decent amount of crime in the neighborhood. And on the podcast, they talk at one point about how he woke up one night and someone was like on his back porch. And it, rather than call the cops, like he knew this guy was just having a bad trip because there was like a lot of like drug use and stuff in the neighborhood. And rather than get like the cops involved, he was like, 
I just need to talk, talk this guy off the ledge. Cause I'm going to be up a lot later if I have to deal with like the cops coming and everything. And he kind of like helped calm this guy down and got this guy on his way. And so he really was, I think that there were a lot of things in the neighborhood that he, I wouldn't say embraced, but, but definitely like tolerated and just knew yeah. that it was like, you know, people who weren't in the greatest of, of places, but you know, didn't have any malintent necessarily. But there was one thing that drove him bananas. And that was that across the street from his house, there was like a little section of road um, that maybe it was like a median kind of like mm-hmm. section and people dumped trash there all the time. And he called the city, he called the city, he called the city repeatedly. And he said that he almost like became friends with the people at the city. They knew when he called, he was calling about this trash pile because people were like <laughs> moving, you know, yeah, people dude, move and get rid of a bunch of stuff and go <clears throat> dump mattresses and big piles of garbage. So it wasn't furniture and all sorts of crap. And so one day, I guess he was talking to his wife and they, he just was at his wits end and he went to Ace Hardware and he bought a Buddha, like a Buddha statue. And he's just like, I didn't, I don't know what I was doing. I don't even know how this idea necessarily came to me, but I went and I bought this Buddha and he like asphyxed it to concrete in this little area. Just thinking like, I don't know, maybe if there's something here kind of like religious, then people will maybe think <laughs> twice. It's kind of a and genius idea. I don't know if it it'll is. work though. And the reason that he chose Buddha, hence the name of the ser- or criminal episode is He's like, he just seems kind of neutral. (laughs) Like, I don't know if I put like a statue of Christ or something there. People wouldn't necessarily like perceived it the same way. And so it kind of like surprisingly kind of worked. Like people stopped jumping stuff there as much. But what was even more surprising is that one day he wakes up and he looks over and there's like a bunch of oranges and fruit all around this Buddha. And he's like, "What what is going on? And then another day he comes back. There's more stuff. One one day he comes out. The Buddha's painted. Eventually he starts to notice that there is there are these people that are coming and paying their respects to Buddha every day. And there is this local Vietnamese population in the neighborhood and in this area in Oakland. And they like found this Buddha and thought it was like divine intervention and that this guy had kind of put this Buddha out there. I don't think they even knew that he necessarily did. At some point they put two and two together because they end up like when they would come and have like gatherings with their families and stuff, they would like always bring him food and like leave food on Dan and food and alcohol and leave like food on his like doorstep. So at some point they found out that he had put it there, but they ended up like building like homes for the Buddha and adding more Buddhas and bringing like clothes and offerings to the Buddha and they pray every day at like 7 a.m. The Vietnamese population goes out there. I think there was like one Vietnamese woman who kind of led the charge. She had immigrated from Vietnam and um, Vina Vo, I believe her name was. And she kind of like localized this community around this Buddha. And obviously uh, it's in pristine condition. There's no trash there anymore. And I just love this story so much I was just like so you know I tune into this episode of this like kind of you know this podcast about crime and that this is what it ends up being is this beautiful story about this man and this really strange connection that he then 
creates in his community amongst these different like cultural lines and how he in really act of desperation ended up kind of cleaning up this little area by putting a Buddha there. Okay. I just gotta say out of all the stories that we've told, I think that one might be my favorite. That is, that is so good (laughs) and so awesome. And I had no clue where you were going with that. And right. That just makes me so happy. And I'm trying to think about how I could do it in my neighborhood um, or around me because some of the parks around me are really um, wooded and rural and people dump all the time. And it's awful. Like there's just trash all over the place. Maybe I'll start slapping some Buddhas out there (laughs) on the roadway. You could try it, right? I mean, he just had no expectations, no, like an act, like I said, of desperation and could have never expected like at the most he just hoped that people would stop dumping trash there and then what he created was this place of worship for this local community i love that i love i love that story that is you should listen to the criminal episode because they actually have him on it and like i said he's kind of this like hippie guy and just the like give us the what was the episode again so the podcast is called criminal and the episode number is 119 and the title is he's still neutral and you can look up oakland buddha online there's a facebook page he has a twitter i'm sure he does but it's not like overly populated with with traffic so it's kind of cool it's still something i think that's like undiscovered and um the other thing i was going to say is like you can see it on yelp (laughs) There's like a review. It's got like a 4.9 review because oh people have started to go like visit it as there's been like some news articles about it and stuff. So people who are touring like, or visiting, excuse me, <laughs> Oakland will go check it out. Dude, that's so dope. Mm-hmm. You got to see the pictures too because this, to look it, it, it is a shrine. Shrine now. I can't wait. I can't wait to post it on the gram. Cool. Cool. Well, my story is a little bit more specific to Earth Day and not nearly as cool <laughs> as the story <laughs> you just told, but still very important in its own right because it's the reason why we're doing this whole podcast, right? Exactly. Not the whole podcast, but this episode. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Anyway, so do you know who's credited with starting Earth Day back in 1970? Did you find this out in any of your research? I think I skimmed it, but I don't remember. It was a senator from wisconsin named gaylord nelson and gaylord wow. nelson what was, a name i know he was one of the first kind of environmentalist um especially one of the first environmentalists that were that were in the senate and he gets a lot of the credit for it um because he was the one that kind of pushed it pushed it across but there was another dude who served a very important role in this and he's actually the chairman emeritus for earth day 2020 so he's been he's still involved in in uh, in environmental issues and all sorts of kind of stuff like that. But this dude's name is Dennis Hayes. And as one person put it, Nelson got the credit, but Hayes and his friends put in the perspiration. And so Dennis Hayes was a graduate student at Harvard. And he somehow got 10 minutes with Gaylord Nelson back in the late 60s, early 70s. 
and got a 10 minute meeting was on his calendar for 10 minutes to talk about environmental issues and about his idea for having like a teach-in is what it was originally supposed to be. And you, when you look up stuff to do today, you still see teach-ins. Um, but it was going to be like, kind of like a, not like a hippie movement or anything, but like they're going to try to educate people about the environment. And Dennis Hayes grew up in um, Washington state in a little tiny town that was, um, idyllic and he had all this incredible wonderment around him but there was absolutely no tap on any of the pollution and so acid rain rained down and like you know melted their cars basically there was what? constant uh, choking smoke and people were always coughing and having upper, upper respiratory illnesses um, because of all of this pollution in this tiny little town like it was just completely unchecked was and there so like a factory there or something <clears throat> That I'm not sure. I'm sure there was some sort of industry there to draw people yeah, there, there, but I'm not sure. Um, not sure what or it was. Or just to create the pollution. Yeah. Or it was just pollution in general. Just pollution Sorry. in general, I think. Okay. <laughs> <But anyway. laughs> Too many specific questions. So Dennis Hayes um, kind of goes on a walkabout, for lack of a better term, and ends up in Africa. And he goes all, all these different places. And he's really into environmental issues and everything and one day he he was super poor i mean he lived like hand to mouth directly i mean he there's one thing where he talked about he lived solely on peanut butter and oatmeal for like months like that's all he oh ate gosh. <clears throat> and he anyway so he was in africa and he was in the in the uh he was out in the bush basically and he watched this huge rain come in and all the water came in and it filled up this bowl that was dry. And then this rain came in and filled it all up and all the animals came in and he was inspired by what the animals did because they all came in and like, it was like a truce almost. They all came in, drank the water, oh. did what they had to do. And then went back as he put it in one of the articles I read, they go back into the wilderness and start killing each other and, you know, Whoa. evading and everything. But they come together at this, at this, um, watering, watering hole. hole yeah and so he became infatuated and decided that his life work was going to be to promote education about the environment and ecological issues and about how humans basically were animals just like all these other animals and we're just not right. doing our part to help out and to raise mm -hmm. awareness and we're just kind of messing everything up so anyway, so he gets a sit down with Gaylord Nelson. He comes back, he goes to Stanford, he graduates from Stanford, he goes to Harvard for graduate school, and he gets a sit down with, with Gaylord Nelson. 10 minute sit down ends up being over two hours long. Gaylord Nelson wow. is in it, man. He loves it. And so they, he gives them the green light. He starts, you know, helping them get it pushed and, and promoting it and everything. Um, it wasn't originally called Earth Day. They were just going to call it like an environmental teaching day. Like it didn't have mm -hmm. anything. And one of the guys that was helping Dennis Hayes was an advertiser or an ad, you know, a, a marketing guy. And it actually worked on some ads for Volkswagen, the famous Think Small Volkswagen ads. That guy oh, actually yeah. came up with those. But anyway, he came up with the term Earth Day. He was like, it just needs to be Earth Day. And that's really easy Short to remember. Sweet. Exactly. So, like I said, it was supposed to be originally a teach-in. But then it changed to all these colleges and universities and these students and these cities, like, getting behind it. And it ended up being teach-ins 
and protests and rallies, and it involved nearly 20 million people in 1970. The first year of Earth Day had 20 million people, which was one-tenth of the population of the United States at the time. How on earth? I mean... Dude, New York That's City, insane. New York City itself shut down parts of Fifth Avenue and the 14th and 14th Street for the celebration. And so, it was, yeah, I did see pictures of that, actually, of people at like the march, yeah. essentially. I mean, it blew up that very rally. first year. I mean, it, it do just, you think it's just like people were so mobilized in that time in general, just like what, what kind of was happening in the world? So <clears throat> people just really wanted to see change and make change be part of change. I think so. I think that it was a tumultuous time um, mm. with the the wars starting and ending. And, um, you know, you had Nixon in the White House. So there was a lot of different stuff going on with that. And I think people a lot were, of young people, a lot of young people, a lot of the boomers around this time were really getting mobilized. And there was in, in a couple of the articles, it talked about how it was almost more um not more involved than like the Vietnam protest, but it was like a different kind of vibe. It was like the same kids, same people, but that it was like a more energetic vibe and like a, like a happier vibe, obviously. And so, yeah. but it was like a bigger movement almost, which I didn't know. Yeah. I didn't know either. You said yeah. 20 million people, 20 million people in 1970, all across the United States. And from that original Earth Day and its initiatives came some of the biggest federal action by our, by our federal government, including all of these things came from the clean air or from, excuse me, damn it, I gave away one, <laughs> <laughs> from Earth Day, including the Clean Air Act, the Clean Water Act, the Endangered Species Act, and Nixon, and that crazy loon, he started the Environmental Protection Agency. What? The EPA, all of that came from Earth Day. That first year? That, well, I mean, it was in a stretch <laughs> after that, but that's what started it. That was the impetus. Bringing awareness, and essentially. Dennis Hayes said this is not that he was talking about it later on. He goes, this was not an anti-litter campaign, but a pursuit of fundamental changes in the nature of the American economy. And so they really wanted to like try to change. And he was he lived in that idyllic little town in Washington State that was just overwrought with pollution just all mm -hmm. over and the streams and everything and people getting sick and um it was his mission and he's done a done a hell of a hell of a lot of work for it and wow so and he's still involved today he's still involved today um, do you know in what like capacity yeah he, he mentioned that earlier you said yeah he's chairman emeritus of earth day 2020 so he's like the outgoing chairman he's like one of the previous chairmen. it's like a high honor um he has a foundation which i didn't write that down in my notes but he does have a foundation that gives grants first um raises money and gives grants for environmental issues um he is planning on retiring i think this might be his last year he is going to retire. Yeah, he's got to be pretty old. <laughs> he's actually not that old. He looks good in is the pictures. Is it 70 something then? Probably. Years. No. Yeah, if he was college, yeah. 70 something. But he was described as a man. He was, This is the description of him from Ralph Nader, actually. He was described as a man who hops around the country like an ecological Dustin Hoffman, preaching mobilization for environmental reform with sober but evangelical militants. Wow. <laughs> and that's what we kind of need. You know what I mean? Right. Like, that's what's exactly. needed. Because it's so easy to be like Mother Earth. And I think about right. our sister Carrie's bumper sticker she had on her car that said, save your mother or save our mother or whatever Is it was. Is that on the turtle? On the turtle. And... <laughs> Sometimes you kind of need to be strong with it. And Dennis well, Hayes was like that muscle, dude. 
and yeah shout and out to it Dennis, seems man. like he like narrowed it down to give it like more purpose and direction and like a mission and like here are the actionable steps we can take like all of this rain dancing is really amazing and i think that's what people <laughs> think about with earth day a lot right like, this is just a day that we acknowledge to give thanks to the earth but really how it started was to create change and you talking about like the timing and everything I'm like it really was that like the baby boomers and the yeah. young people that were mobilized and we see that now with the mil- millennials and gen z really like driving forth this uh i mean they're screaming about climate change yeah our niece being rightfully, one of them rightfully so and i think absolutely that, you know we were ripe for it in 1970 and a lot of things came out of it and people got behind it and there's still a ton of work to do yeah but so what are some things people can do okay tomorrow in honor or celebration so the one that i'm most excited about and i think i'm going to try to figure it out is nasa is looking for help mapping the coral reefs and so what you can help nasa classify and map 3d images of real coral reefs from your mobile device and there's an app that you can download. It's called Nemo-Net, and it's an app. And if you go to NASA, if you just type in NASA Earth Day Initiative, stuff like that, a whole list of these will come up. Comes this is right the, up. This is the cool. This is my favorite one. The images from satellites are made using special fluid lens cameras for a clear picture without the distortion of moving water. As players at all levels map the coral, they'll he- they help the supercomputer at NASA's Ames Research Center learn how to classify coral on its own. So as you go through, basically, Using AI, basically, yeah, it's learning what you're doing so it can mm-hmm. do it on its own. And yep. so you go through and actually map the coral reefs, which is just <laughs> it's awesome. awesome. Coral reefs are going away. We need to map them. We need to know what's going on with them and how to save them. So that's one of my favorite. What about you? What did you see that was cool? Well, that is really cool. I looked at the NASA page, but I did not come across <laughs> that one. <laughs> Sounds like they kind of gamified it, which is cool. Yeah. Mine is more about little things that you can do at home. So like little challenges, I was going to say, like, we all know that um, eating plant-based or, or that the animal industry contributes a lot to um, pollution. So I would challenge people to try and eat vegetarian or plant-based all day tomorrow and try some new recipes with your family. Um, There's tons of great, great resources online. Um, Maybe while you're at home, you could learn techniques for canning, pickling, or like drying your food to preserve it and minimize your food waste. Um, Or just like find stuff that you're considering throwing out or haven't used in a long time in your house and upcycle it with like take jewelry make jewelry from old stuff um things like that that was kind of more of of what i was gonna say and if you have kids at home i would definitely say look at the like zoos and your local communities because i think a lot of zoos and like aquariums and stuff are doing stuff online um and then if you go to the earth day i think it's just earthday.org website there's tons of stuff on there including opportunities to join in on teach-ins virtually So, oh, and the last thing I will say, and this is kind of funny because you mentioned the farm at the beginning, which is Alicia's family farm um, in Missouri. And Alicia's dad is like a wild flower connoisseur, connoisseur, kind of. Um, 
but uh, one thing that I read online that you can do is uh, plant wildflowers. And the great thing about that is wildflowers support birds and bees and butterflies. And they're not only beautiful, but they're like, just do really well for the species that feed off of them. Um, And they're easy. You can basically, I think, just like throw seeds (laughs) into your garden or your backyard or out the road on a drive. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, it's just really um, a small, fun thing to do. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, Stan, we'll post some pictures of the wildflowers because my mother-in-law is out there right now and there's just some beautiful wildflowers coming up. And you're so right. They help out so many different different animals they bring in the monarchs as they mm-hmm. as they travel from canada to south america um so many bees um which is really cool we actually set up a little bee colony in our yard yesterday to help um what? yeah to help the bees um kind of house and like where they give them a place to to live and start their nest and everything and so that's really exciting i saw about six bees around it yesterday and they're all working oh and like gosh. dipping around and everything yeah you're t- two steps ahead for for earth day i know i'll just maybe i'll post a picture of that too but it's you should um, have a lot of content here there's a ton of stuff to do today and i think it's mm-hmm. so important you know and some people are like well i read some kind of articles where it's like every day's earth day and i'm like yeah dude i get that but like <laughs> also you know every day I love America every day, except for, you know, especially on 4th of, 4th July, of July, but I still celebrate it. You know what I mean? Like right. it's still like the holiday, you know? And so I think it's a day to like pause, reflect, think about maybe small changes you can make to contribute. Um, it's also a really great teaching opportunity if you're home with yes. small children yes. and then it, so it's, uh, like we've said a ton, there's just like a ton of stuff online activities that you can do art projects you can do. Get out there and I mean, get involved. Even just take a nature walk. Yeah. You know, I shouldn't like, say I think... get out there and get involved. Stay in and get involved. You <laughs> involved. can still do that. You can still do that. And please it's do perfect. that. And if you guys share with us some of your pictures and stuff that you're doing for um, Earth Day, we would love to share that on the Instagram yeah. or talk about it on our Friday quickies. Um, but there's so much to do. Get out there. Get in there stay in and get involved all right (laughs) all right well with that um happy earth day happy earth day girl love your mother love your mother all right bye-bye hey thanks for listening to another episode of the filling station pod Follow along on Instagram at the filling station pod and email us your suggestions, comments, and stories at the filling station pod at gmail.com. See you next time.